your values and your morals change over time. So always try to reflect every couple years on what are your actual values because if one of your values isn't, isn't physical health, then you're not heading in the, in the right direction. Welcome to the Frontline Warriors Club, here with your hosts, Peter and Matt. This is a podcast where we live it, not in it. Join us on this mission to raise consciousness. For all information, you can find us at wearefrontlinewarriors.com. Now, let's take a moment to inhale. Exhale. I'll let the show begin. Hey, guys. In this episode, we're going to talk about how we manage our lives physically, mentally, and spiritually. A lot of things go into staying well and being well. We just want to share with you the different approaches that we take to life to make sure that we are always performing at our optimum physically, mentally, and spiritually. Yes, I love this episode. And just to kind of break down our lifestyle, so the most important thing out of everything is mindset, the mental aspect. If you don't have your screws on tight, tight and correct in your brain, how can you be functioning and being a good product of society? So your beliefs, your thoughts, your emotions, everything come into play to control your mentality so you could actually be a good person, human in society. So mentality, it helps you have a perspective on life. A lot of times we have a specific viewpoint, specific opinion, and it's just all based on perception. So mindset is everything for that reason. And Peter and I are both very busy people. We have the podcast, we talk to different people, meetings, try to manage, we are full-time nurses. How do you do all that? So one thing I like doing is having a project management app, and I think you could use notes, reminders, whatever it is for you, Google Calendar. We personally like to use project management apps, such as Asana or Notion, and we try to put everything on boards to understand where things are. I like to have a board for my personal life, for what we're doing with podcasting, because you are kind of brain dumping all this information on this board. So you never are stressed out that you forgot something. You basically drop all your notes there. And then once you have a different part of your life, whether it's maybe personal life, you could click on another board and see where's how things are going on. So this kind of helps you manage your thoughts. And you can do with anything. You could do with a pen, Apple Notes, just brain dump some things just to kind of give you some clarity of what's going on in your mind. Yeah, try to stay organized. Like for me, organization has always been an issue. So sometimes for me, <clears throat> less is more because like Matt said, there's a lot of apps that, that you can use and we, we do use a lot of certain apps. But if you just stick to uh, like one or two of them just to, just to get started, that might help you just to, like Matt said, organize your thoughts, organize your day. Because a lot of times we have these great ideas and then when it comes to it, we either don't do it or realize that we don't have enough time to do it because maybe we, we have other things they have to upkeep. For example, like, like working out or something, maybe we can't always fit that, that time into the gym. So using these apps allows you to kind of organize your time and then eventually you could decrease some of, some of the time or the workload and you could fit those things that you want to, want to do to kind of stay well. But since we're on a topic of, of apps and different things to help you out, we also use a lot of health apps. For example, we use we use the Whoop, we use uh, MyFitnessPal for tracking macros, and then we also use the, the Renfo app, which is for our scaling our, our, our weight. So just, you don't have to have 
a lot of apps so you don't have to like micromanage your life in these apps because sometimes we do get caught up with micromanaging and it does more harm than good because you get too caught up in certain statistics certain numbers and you and you focus too much on these little minute details instead of focusing on this bigger thing and you changing better overall you know sometimes the the small details don't don't matter as much as as much as the the, the big steps like for example taking this to a gym aspect maybe focusing on, on your weight might not be the best idea up front maybe just getting to the gym maybe decreasing body fat might not be the best approach when you're starting off maybe just going to the gym for half an hour doing some cardio might be a better approach so don't try to nitpick and fine-tune these little things off the bat just get started with changing the easier and bigger picture things and then overall other things will slowly fall into place Yes. And you could also, if you have trouble with habits, you could also habit stack. So if you like drinking a cup of coffee and you want to start reading more in a day, well, why don't you habit stack coffee drinking with reading a book for 15 minutes? And that can make things easier. Also from like the mentality standpoint, I think this ties into spirituality as well. And this is a component of mindfulness. So one way, one thing I like to do for that is I'm, I'm a huge proponent for journaling. So write your thoughts down and this connects you to yourself how your day was but also from a spiritual standpoint you could connect to god the universe however you use that word and just be grateful or reflect thoughts or maybe if you're seeking some answers or need something from that you can drop it down to a journal S same thing with meditation right we, t we talk about productivity but we need to unwind our mind as well so if it's in the beginning of the day, five minutes, and you don't have to do a 15-minute meditation to clear your mind. You can literally do it for five minutes in the morning. Breathe in. Tell yourself you're going to have a productive day. It could be your form of prayer as well where you're being grateful. You have your hand on your chest telling yourself you love yourself, you love God or whatever it is. So these are different interchangeable habits that you could be using. We are just an example of how we live our lives and you could take this with a grain of salt. You could apply it to your life and see what works. Yeah, a good place to start is just assess your values. Just give an honest assessment to yourself. What are your values? What are your morals? What do you stand for? Of course, as we age and we go through different phases in life, you might believe in different things at, at different times. For example, I was, I was born Catholic. I grew up Catholic. And then there's a time in my life where I kind of stemmed away from the Catholic aspect. I dove a little bit into nihilism, Buddhism, and all those kind of things. So your values and your morals change over time. So always try to reflect every couple of years on what are your actual values. Because if one of your values isn't, isn't physical health, then you're not heading in the, in the right direction. If you don't val put value on how you treat others, that's not a good, good place to be at either. Because if you don't put any value on how to treat others, no one's going to treat you with, with care in that case. So it's really, it's really important to, to be well with your thoughts and be well with your values, especially with the group think now. People think you have to believe in what others believe. You have to say what others say. You have to agree with what others agree with. You don't have to do all that stuff. Just agree with yourself and make sure you're making the, the correct moral judgment, judgments when you are doing that. Like what is, what is shaping your character? What, what shapes your values? Is it religion that shapes your values? Is it something else? Is it just the judgment of character? Like what really shapes you? Like ask yourself that question, meditate on it. And that's going to help you moving forward because the way the way you impose your values on yourself and your thoughts is the way you're going to also look at other people. So the things that you value 
is you're going to reciprocate that to other people because if you find a value in that, you're going to think that those people also find a value in, in the same thing. That's how you have good people in the world because they like to be treated well. They like to be treated with care. And it's, it's, that's the, one of their values. They like to pass that value on to other people. Yes. Uh, speaking of faith and spirituality, I heard a really good ju- joke this weekend that v- resonated with me. And the joke was like this. Do you want to hear God? Uh, do you want to make God laugh? Tell him your plans <laughs> because you in this state of mind thinks that you have all this planned out. You want things to unfold this way and you're going to make God laugh because he has a different intention for you and things usually don't go according to plan and you're constantly adapting to, to life. And I really like that joke because you have to trust yourself that where you are, what's happening is unfolding is the right thing for you. And that kind of goes to the mentality where, life is suffering and it also is overcoming suffering so just find meaning in what you're going through life to make it easier for you and just trust that from a spiritual standpoint god has a plan for you so whatever you have planned just know that it might not go according to plan trust the process don't be resentful don't hate the more that we try to control the more we get anxious the more we get stressed out just let it go let, let life go and everything that unfolds that you think might be negative because it might lead to something else that you don't know because it's God's plan. Yeah, very, very good point. Very, very well said. If you're one of those people that like to always nitpick everything in a plan and always have to have a plan going forward, what might help with you is don't focus so much on a plan. Maybe focus more on, on the goal. Set, set a goal, especially if you're that person that sets up these plans and yet you fail to accomplish those. Maybe you should be focused more on the goal than the plan because the, you can have any kind of plan. Like, for example, if you're building a home, any kind of plan works to, to build a home if you, if you think about it, except the way the home is going to turn out is, is going to look a little bit different. But as long as you're still approaching that goal, that's all that really matters. The plan can deviate, but as long as that goal doesn't deviate, then you're still on the right course and you're still doing yourself a really big favor. Yeah, that was very hard for me to learn because I've, I've always was trying to be controlling of the environment. This has to be done. And I've always was beating myself up for it. I didn't get this amount of done. I could have done more. It's always like that hustler mentality, but, but in a very negative way versus now my approach is like I wake up and tell myself sometimes today is going to be a great day. Whatever you get done, you're going to put 100% effort in it and it's going to be enough versus reflecting back on a day and you had this invisible or this imaginary task list and things still weren't done, but that's okay. Were you productive? And that's another thing too, is like, how do you define productivity versus success? Because if you have a skewed viewpoint of what productivity means, that's also going to affect your mentality because you're always going to be chasing the carrot. That's always moving forward versus telling yourself that this is, you know, reflection here. Productivity doesn't mean always doing all these tasks. Productivity could mean you're tired Maybe you need a little bit of an hour of self-care or you have the urge to go to the gym. You have to put the work down. Go do that for yourself versus having this imaginary task list and just doing it constantly and stressing yourself out essentially. Right, 100%. Yeah, since since BOL is focused on the mind, body, and soul, so Matt, I have a question for you. How do you stay spiritually sound? What are Do you have certain practices that, that you do? Is there certain things you rely on for you to, for you to be spiritually happy, you could say? Yeah, very good question, man. I just like to connect to myself and 
to God. I don't like, I don't think it's a him, her. I think humans just have to, we have to create that figure sometimes to relate to them like that. But if you want to use the universe, I just like to connect through my form of prayer. It could be form of meditation. Sometimes it's putting, you know, my heart on my hand or my left hand on my stomach and just breathing in and just having my time for prayer in a way. And sometimes it could be through like journaling sometimes where I had a rough day and you just document that rough day or whatever happened, but connecting back to God, like it's going to be okay and, and having like a positive spin on it. So that that's how I connect. And then whenever I have a chance, because just like you said, we have Catholic roots, I'll attend mass or a couple times when I was in Chicago here, I went to mass with my parents, for example, because I know that makes them happy and you know, whatever their beliefs are, I could still connect in my own way. So, yeah. How about yourself, man? I uh, Let's keep things simple. You know, I like to dive deep on certain topics when it comes to religion and stuff like that. Of course, the time and place for that. But uh, after I'm done with eggs, I like to, you know, venture on to different ideas, different topics, what happens when we die, all that kind of stuff. But that's just for, for fun, for sport, you could say. Just, it's just interesting. But uh, deep down inside, I'm pretty simple. I believe in that there's a God, there's a higher being, and there's something to look forward to after after we die. So I view life in a spiritual sense is the way I like to be treated, is the way I reciprocate that on, on other people. So uh, that's kind of my spiritual aspect is is um, I kind of take my spirit and push it onto you. So I like certain, like I said, I like certain things things done uh, like that, sh- that I show love for myself, and that's the same I reciprocate. So that's my, my spiritual aspect of that but as like a daily practice kind of thing i do a little bit of meditation uh i want to say i meditate probably every day in a sauna i want to say six times a week because i don't go to a gym seven days a week i go six so that's my my time in a sauna is is spent there because here at home i get a little bit preoccupied a little bit busy and i like to uh stay on task and do stuff and in a sauna it's a little bit easier for me to me to reflect on, on myself and my actions or maybe somebody made me upset or I made somebody upset because it's it's almost like a little bit of a, of a struggle because you're really hot in the sauna, you're really warm. So it's a physical task and a mental task. And for some reason that allows me to uh, bring on better focus in myself because my physical body is preoccupied with with feeling the burn. And my, my mental mind is preoccupied with something else because sometimes my physical body gets a little bit underwhelmed, you could, you could say, and I got to do stuff. I got to move around. A little bit of ADHD kicks in physically, and this way my body is busy, and I can focus more on my thoughts and, and reflect and all that kind of stuff. It's like a kind of weird perspective, you could say, but as long as my body is physically busy, that almost allows me to, to have a better sense of, uh, of thought. Yeah, and I mean it's all consciousness. It's all tools to get us there. Just like people use, I don't want to say drinking, but people have different drugs, whatever they do practices, journaling, it's just all tools to connect to ourselves. And just to kind of wrap up the spirituality part, Victor Frankl always said that hope is one of the most fundamental thing for humans. So just be just you believing in something as a higher power and anybody listening that automatically gives you hope and faith where, whatever stress you have, you're, you you give it on to somebody. That is such a great form of, of living because you believe in something where you could just put energetically, you put something in a, in a cubicle where you don't have to worry about it because some, something is, is worrying about it for you. So I, yeah, like if you believe in nothing, I think that's really rough <laughs> to be honest because you just take it all on to you. Like you're this human and 
nothing else exists, so you have to deal with it. Yeah, but it's also the the flip side where it's like nothing else exists. So just this, just right now is is what matters, and this is the only is the only life you have, and nothing after. So on a flip side, it can make you a really good human being too, because you, it's almost like you have this one life, and this is the only value you have is this one life. So why would you not want to treat the people with kindness and with with, with goodness from your heart if this is the only time you you have spent together? So it's like it's it's not about yeah, it's not about what you believe in necessarily. It's the way you practice it almost in, in a sense. Because there's probably some people that worship Satan that you think are bad people, but they're really good people. They just believe in Satanism or, or whatever. I want to, you know, like, like things like that. So it's like, it kind of comes down to like what matters more. Is it the thought that counts more? Is it the actions that, that counts more? Because we always hear on the news about Catholics or religious people that are persecuting others, which is anti what their doctrine believes so it's not it's not the theory or the belief that shapes the person it's the person that that shapes themselves and their interactions there's no good or bad you could say just like you always mention there there just is yeah it's it's not binary there is that gray area it's not zero and ones and it's just exactly i i think just like you mentioned it's action over thoughts show show me how you live your life if you are well, good with homeless people or you take care of the waiters that shows that you don't belittle people that you are equal to other people and you you are respectful mm. yeah so matt then question number two would be the mental aspect so how do you stay mentally sound and just so you kind of it's kind of interesting question because this could also tie into back to spirituality so just so we kind of uh, are on the same page so by me asking you like how do you maintain your mentality is more of like how do you stay mentally sound how do you progress in your mind so for example i'll give you an example for me is i like, like to learn I like to learn new, new things it's almost like my i use my mind as a as a muscle so by me learning new things that's how i stay mentally sound i try different things i learn new things i read new types of books i look at different li- li- uh, literatures i take different routes to certain places that's how i optimize my my mind you could say so is there something that you do similarly or what what do you do to optimize yourself mentally not so much as a spiritual aspect but just as like the strict mental focus yeah um so uh, i'll do two components here because you know i do the whole coaching stuff with the mindset stuff so i'm continuously being a lifelong learner and healing myself right so things things come up to the surface because there's layers of the subconscious mind and i try to little things trigger me in my day and I try to take time to understand what it is, how it maybe it came up because of my past and I try to work around to reframe it so it doesn't affect me because if I'm if I'm jealous all day about something, it, it's going to weigh me down energetically. So I try to always like clear my tank with that in a sense. Um, and then the second component of it is just being a lifelong learner, right? So whatever I'm comfortable, taking risk, stepping outside of my comfort zone, doing things that excite me, going inch by inch, even though maybe today was a rough day, I stepped out of my comfort zone and I know that I'm getting towards, you know, my goal inch by inch. For example, going to jujitsu, I'm learning a new move or I'm reading a book from a chapter and, and I'm just learning things. I think that's the most exciting thing, just like you mentioned, which we could relate is growth. I, I, I value growth in whatever aspect it is, as long as there's growth happening that day, it makes me happy, it keeps me sane, and I know that I'm progressing towards goodness. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing when you realize that, because in school, we think of learning as, 
okay, I have to go to class, learn physics, learn math. But then when you get older, you realize that life is just a giant lesson that, that you have to learn. And the more things you try, the stronger you get. You get mentally. You become more resilient. You don't get as depressed. You don't get as sad. Because it, it's, it's almost like your body just learns to adapt naturally. It just, you get, like you mentioned multiple times in prior episodes, you get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And when you are comfortable with the uncomfortable, then you are never really uncomfortable. You are never, you, you, of course you have sad moments, but you're never truly depressed. Because you being sad is uncomfortable, but you're okay with, with, with that uncomfortableness because you know it's going to pass. And that's just here for the time being. So that's why people have to, you have to be a lifeline, life, life. What is it called? Lifeline lifelong learner. learner. Lifelong learner, yeah. <laughs> That's why you have to try new things, explore different places, especially like traveling outside of a country to a, to a different country besides the United States. That te- te- teaches you a lot because they don't speak English there always. You could travel outside or inside the United States, but you're still not going to get as much of a learning lesson as you are traveling somewhere else that people don't speak your language because, because you're just so used to it. You're so comfortable in being able to communicate everything you want so clearly. But when you leave this comfort and go somewhere else where you're like wow i can't even ask for a glass of water it's completely mind-blowing so that's one of the most uncomfortable things you could do is traveling somewhere where nobody understands you and that's going to break down a lot of barriers because if you could figure out how to survive that and be happy and, and enjoy that the kind of you could say a vacation of stress for example then you could relax and have a vacation anywhere your life is, is forever a vacation Yes, and that's going to be a huge mindset thing there too is so much things are going to come to the surface when you're traveling to a different country. Even if it's if you're solo traveling, that's even another thing. You're going to get triggered. You're going to maybe put yourself down. You're going to lose your confidence. But over there is going to be an opportunity. It's going to be a gift to just learn everything about yourself. So yeah, 100% for anybody that's listening, go travel. It yeah, teaches or try you new so th- much. Yeah, or someone someone, someone just trying new things. Matt and I, we went to nursing school. We're career nurses, but yet we started a blog. We started a podcast. We have an, an app going on. And it, this is completely outside of, whole, of the whole nursing realm. And if Matt and I always stayed nurses, they niche down to healthcare, we would have never had the chance to venture to, to the other ideas that we have. And we've learned so much through, through those ventures, through those ideas, through those, you could say, hobbies that we have now that helps us grow as nurses and as human beings so just anything at all as long as you're doing something different on a mental level you're progressing you're going to be better the next day than you were the day before and that's a beautiful thing because your brain is a sponge especially when you're younger because we do age and there becomes a certain point where you reach a certain age and learning becomes tough and that's kind of where you have your new baseline and we see that a lot with our older patients that, that we deal with just to bring it to a perspective of, of, of nursing, that's what we really have. And like it shows you that you reach a certain point in life where you can't learn as much. And people always have regrets of wish they would have done that, wish they would have tried this. And you know, now you can't because there's going to be a time where you're 60 years old and guess what? Rock climbing might not be an option for you. You might have a DVT and you can't go on a plane for long periods of time. So flying out of the country for eight hours might not, might not be a, a chance for you to do it again. So just, just keep changing it up. We say routine is important, but also stepping out of that routine is also important as well. So you have to find that, that nice balance. And of course, some people prefer a strict routine, which is okay, but don't forget to venture out to that this routine. And some people like chaos, but yeah, remember, you have to come back to that routine as well. It's a balance of both. I love that because now we're gonna, we could talk about the physicality standpoint of BWL. And I love that you mentioned you don't always have to be in a routine because... 
If you tell yourself every single morning to wake up, meditate for 10 minutes, go for a walk, sit down and do this. And if you don't do it, you're not going to have a productive day. You're not going to have mental clarity. That's also coming from fear. Just understand that you're very adaptable. And if today you don't want to go for a walk or meditate, you want to go just work out to the gym, that's okay. And, and you just have to believe that you're still going to have a great day. And that's why these beliefs are so powerful because if you have this strict routine and you're operating out of it, it's almost like you put yourself in that routine out of fear because you need this to have your body to be optimized or work a specific way, you know? So yeah, when it comes to physicality, there's sleep and there's nutrition and there's exercise. I don't think I missed anything else, right? <laughs> no, that's about it. That's, yeah, okay. it. okay, so uh, we, we like to get our sleep. Uh, you, you work night shifts, you have a completely different routine here. I try to sleep seven hours. I think that's a good baseline to get me functioning. Uh, usually sometimes I like to wake up, drink some ginger water with lemon, some warm water, stretch around. There's days I go for a walk. There's days I'll go uh, work out. For example, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. There's a jiu-jitsu class, so I'll go do that. But that's the premise. Wake up, feel good. You can do some meditation, journaling. You create that routine. Just prioritize self-care and then have time blocks for grinding. And you could have another routine where you unwind for the nighttime. So you need to feel good. You, you need to work hard, whether it's work, entrepreneurship, whatever you're doing. But take time to also unwind, whether it's reading a book, taking time to maybe taking a bubble bath once a week or whatever it is. Just find your uh, fine tuning. And I know also you mentioned um, like calorie counting and stuff like that. So that's something that. I'll try to do here and there. Sometimes I just use my hands. Okay, this looks like a good amount of uh, meat. But that scale has been the best thing I've done for a long time. So uh, we have that, the Reno app. So any just get a Bluetooth scale that has an app. You download it. And if you don't like tracking calories or you want to stay in shape or you want to cut, whatever the case might be, you could step on that scale and just see where your progress is. So... If you are somebody that maybe doesn't like calorie counting, well, you wake up this morning and you gained a pound and a half. Okay, well, today I need to maybe not eat out or skip a meal or kind of cut down because of whatever your proportions you ate last day clearly didn't serve you. You, you were in calorie access. So just maintaining your, your body like that. Yeah, and you don't have to go balls deep into all this. You don't have to track your macros every day. You don't have to have... A year-long workout routine plan with a change in workout every three weeks. You don't have to go that that deep into it. Just look at your goals. What what are, what are your goals? What are you looking looking to do? Start small because there's no reason for you to track your macros if you're not trying to let's say gain a certain amount of muscle or lose a certain certain amount of body weight on, on like a strict strict number. For example, if your goal is to lose six percent body fat in three months, that's going to require you to Track your weight, track your workout, track your macros. But you don't have to go that niche down. There's really no reason for you to do that. If you have a simple goal as in just, for example, lose weight. Losing weight, you got to do two simple things. Work out and get your nutrition on point. So what's going to help you with that is elimination diet and just getting your ass in, in the gym. You don't, have, you don't have to, in theory, track anything. You just have to devote the time and just get your diet on point. But if you really want to take it to the next step, we always recommend the more the more you track, the more data you have, the more data you collect, the more data you know you 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 could change. 
So if you want to track your workouts like we do with with our Whoop, you could do that. But if you don't have, for example, a goal of, you know, betting your cardio, you don't really have to have to do that. It's, that's all just, just extra stuff. Just stay simple. I feel like, Matt, for us, the physical aspect of this came pretty easily, of, of the Be Well pillar. The physicalness and nutrition came came pretty easy to us. The one that we struggled with the most was the mental and spirituality, just because of the way we were raised and our, and our beliefs. So nutrition came came pretty easy to us because we went to nursing with the goal of being already health oriented, and we tried different diets from an early age. I think we were like 19 years old, and we were already tracking our gym routines and uh, and what we eat and all that kind of stuff. So we started that early on. That wasn't really a big of a, a struggle for us as it is for m- most people. So that luckily was on our side. It's the other things that we struggled with. But when we were first starting off, I know that we both tried to nail down a good fitness program. And once we nailed down a good fitness program, we saw some results. Then went to step two was more of the macro counting. And then once now dialed down a macro, it was like, hey, uh, we understand that the way our body breaks down nutrients is in this fashion. First, it breaks down carbs. Then it breaks down fats. Then it breaks down proteins. Okay, so if I want to lose fat, well, then guess what? I have to decrease my fat. I have to decrease my carbs. So, so that way, uh, I'm sorry, I have to decrease my carbs. That way, the fat gets burned. Because if your body doesn't have any carbs to burn, it's going to switch to burning fat. You're going to go into ketosis and all that kind of kind of stuff. So we dove pretty pretty deep. And it was actually a very, it, it was very educational. We learned a lot about our bodies, about not only necessarily nutrition, but our different body types. Like we, we have... We have a similar struggle. Um, we both, I think, we have an. We usually have an issue of, of changing weight. Like I always, for some reason, maintain. I always gravitate to this weight, and you always gravitate to your weight. So when we try to gain weight or lose weight, it's always a difficult process. So your body's always gonna want to gravitate towards towards a certain weight. Like I'm in the 150s, and I have to try really hard to hit the 160s, and I gotta try really hard to go anywhere below 150s because because for some reason, even if I adjust my macros macros a little bit, my body still st- still say stays the same way it wants to stay. And it kind of is what it is. And when it comes to the, yeah, it is what it is. I say like in Chicago, like 185 has been the thing, man. It's just, my body just loves it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It just lo- loves it. And you know, it's the way it is. And then you have to focus more on body recomposition where it's like, okay, I'm stuck at 185. How can I get myself bigger by staying at 185? Because for some reason, my body likes his 185 weight. So let's change up these, these macros. Then you could go niche down. Uh, what really, what's really helpful for us that we've been probably doing for the last year was probably the Renfold scale because, of course, it tracks your body fat percentage, it tracks your muscle mass, it tracks how much water you have. But remember, this is a scale that you're stepping on, so numbers aren't going to be the, the most accurate thing in the world. What we like to look at is trends. So if your body fat is decreasing in a trend, it means you're for sure losing body fat. Even though you might not have the exact numbers, it's trending down. So you're for sure losing something. So the physical portion of this, it's all up to you how niche down you want, you want to get. But a good starting point is just going to the gym for at least an hour a day, lifting some weights, not just cardio, lift some weights because you need that skeletal muscle strength too for health reasons, not just for the, the, the physique. But lift some weights, try to hit it an hour. So that means, that means if you step in the door to the gym at 9 a.m., you're, and your workout starts at 9.30, it doesn't mean you're working out for half an hour. It means like when you start working out, you do, you do an hour. So it means your ass goes to the gym at 9 and you know start working out till 9.30? Well, then your ass is working out till, till 10.30. Devote your time time to that. It's, it's for your health. Nutrition standpoint, easiest thing to do in the world, man, you, st- you stress it all the time, is get rid of those processed sugars, those processed foods. That's going to be the biggest ble- blessing to nut- nutrition, to your diet. That's probably going to give you a bigger change than the, the gym is. Nutrition is the hardest thing to change for most people. It is for us as well. 
the gym seems to be a more easier part because once you're there, you're there working out. But diet, you're the one going shopping. You're the one looking at, at this food. So for diet, you have to A, not buy the food and B, not eat the food. So that's like two things you got to focus on versus the gym is just showing up. Yeah. And if you buy something, buy it in moderation where maybe if you love your ice cream, just buy one tub for the week and understand that you could kind of space it out or don't buy it at all. So then you don't have those urges. You're better off going get ice cream for a cheat day once a week versus having that ice cream in your fridge. And then you nibble on it throughout the day for let's just say three or four days. And now you have those sugar spikes and whatever might happen. You ruin your body more essentially. Yeah. And what's also been a really big blessing is intermittent fasting because that almost changed our relationship with food. Because when you go to do intermittent fasting and you're fasting for 16 hours, there comes a point, I want to say like probably two weeks, two or three weeks when you're, when you're doing it, you don't view food the same. You don't view food as something that's pleasurable to eat for the taste buds. It's like fuel. Like it's like, oh shit, I mean, have X amount, of, X amount of hours to eat. So I have to get this good fuel. It's almost like you're getting gas for your car. Like you don't put unleaded in BMW, you put premium, right? And that, that fuel is a better. So that's like the same theory. You, you switch your you switch your viewpoint and the quality of nutrition improves because you know that hey maybe this junk food these all these fruits that I've been eating all day might not be the best maybe I got something to some more protein for us some some lean meats and you devote this develop this relationship where it's not just like satisfaction it's it's fuel and that's a beautiful thing and what I also noticed when I did my my uh, carnivore diet and my keto diet is that is that when you decrease the carbs and sugars of your diet and then you hold that diet for a couple weeks for a, or a couple months or however long you want, fruits start to taste better and you don't crave those ice creams and things like that because if you don't eat carbs for such a long time, when you first get that carb back in your system, it tastes so damn good. So if you're going to try to like lose weight or throw your body into keto ketosis or try to keto diet, try it for a little bit and then the first carb you should eat after a good stretch is a, is a fruit. Don't do like a hamburger or bread or ice cream because you're going to have that fruit and you're like, damn, this fruit tastes so sweet, it tastes so good, and you're going to be less prone to eating ice cream because you realize how good this fruit tastes. And next time you're going to go for a snack, you're going to grab that fruit instead of the ice cream because you almost reprogram your body into loving that fruit more than, than loving your ice cream more, even though the ice cream is sweeter. You just prefer the fruit because that's the thing you tasted after a long fast, you could say, or a long uh, break from carbs. Yeah, it's reprogramming. And briefly touching about fasting, you hear all these beneficial studies like people water fast for three, four days. It reverses cancer, all their GI problems, whatever the case might be. So why not do intermittent fasting where at least you're giving your body a break to digest? All the animals do it. So why should, you know, just because... Just just the fact that we live in consumerism, it's better to prove humans that they need to eat six meals a day so they can make more profits. So who knows the nutritional studies that we have now? Is, is it even based on science when you hear all this fraud and everything else? Just like the amyloid theory got debunked with um, Alzheimer's that the, they've, um, they faked the studies, they faked the CT scan images, whatever happened. So... We've, we, we've done a lot of research. We've done a lot of experimenting with our bodies. And intermittent fasting is not a bad thing. Even if you take 10 hours, it's going to help you optimize your nutrition, make your body feel better, reverse insulin resistance, and everything else. Especially if you do nights. 
like for for nights if you're your body is so messed up so much in disequilibrium the best thing that we've noticed is try to stay on a day schedule as much as possible and fasting has definitely helped a lot because like people say how am i going to fast if i'm working 12 hours well just because you're working 12 hours doesn't mean you have to fast all that 12 hours for example like myself is i go into work at 7 p.m and i stop eating at around midnight to two o'clock in the morning depending on on um how my shift is going of course i like to ideally stop eating at midnight but it doesn't always happen sometimes you get busy it is what it is so you can always adjust your fasting schedule but i try to be as normal as possible working nights and and changing up your diet where you're not eating at three o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning five o'clock in the morning that helps helps out a lot because now your body is more in homeostasis. So I always recommend fasting to people. And like I said, you don't have to fast all 12 hours of your work shift from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. You don't have to do all that. Start at a reasonable time. Just make sure you're not eating with your night. Just devote a few hour time slots in the beginning for you, for you to eat. And it's just as simple as that. And you have to just put in the work. The physical aspect of be well is you putting in the work. Same with the mass, mental aspect, as you can say, is also putting in the work but mentally. Be well is just about you just laying down, down the law for yourself and just putting in an effort, putting in a time and know that you're doing this for a good cause because your body is a temple and, uh, and no one wants to have, you know, a temple that, 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 that falls apart after a year or two, you know? Yes, I love this. Completely agree with you. And just realize that all three of these things get affected in different ways. Peter and I have our nutrition down. We have to work more on the mentality part of the spiritual side. So assess where your needs are in your life for the BUL pillar and accommodate as so and understand that your your body and in general just like the universe nature it's continuously changing and in cycles it's never stand, standing uh, static or constant same thing with your mental physical and spiritual there's just three dots and they move around left to right good and bad essentially so that's all i just wanted to say but thank you guys for listening to the episode of how we manage our physical mental and spiritual lives hope you guys enjoyed yep and don't forget to share with us on how you stay well and be well and have a good time guys peace, peace.